intervene and because these are family issues, um, but you are mightier than family issues, so we just pray that you, are, uh, you make a difference in her life and whatever it is that she's going through and help her to be um, a witness, a, a testimony of yes. you to the rest of her family, Lord, whatever the difficult situation is. Just, uh, just be there for her, and we thank you for that, Lord. Um, we thank you, Lord, for the praise report for Noah, and just we thank you for Plato, Lord, and for such a simple, uh, simple thing to make a difference, a huge difference in in a person's life, Lord. Yes. We just uh, give you the glory for that answered prayer, um, for the for the all the people in in uh, Indonesia, Lord, that uh, have arts have lost their lives for the families for the. Uh, just for the tragedy that's there, Lord. Um, we just pray that you uh, make a difference in those lives, Lord. Um, I know that's an opportunity, Lord, for, uh, for people that have you in their hearts, Lord, to, uh, to be a shining example of what you can do in those situations, yes, Lord. Right. But we just pray for your comfort even and to touch the hearts of the people that have suffered so much there and to just let them know um, that you're in control, that you have the power, that you are the answer uh, to these kind of situations, Lord, that this is nature and it's just horrible, Lord, but uh, these, just let them know that these, these bodies of ours are temporary and that you are eternal, Lord, and we thank you for that. And for all of us here, Lord, again, like what Lucas prayed, we just pray that you make a difference on Christmas, Lord, um, in our families, Lord, to help us to make you the center of that day the way you should be, Lord, not just in, um, not just dominated by uh, the trappings of the, this world, Lord, but uh, to be, just to be, have you in the center of our hearts yes. in all that that means, Lord. So I just pray now for, for Jesse for the message that he's brought. Uh, we just thank you, Lord, for him, and we just pray that you bless his, his mind, his heart, his, his lips uh, in every way possible so that, he can, so that we can all just, just enjoy your word as he brings it, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's good to be here. Good morning. Thank you for um, <clears throat> allowing me to come back and share with you. Um, it's always good to uh, be able to come and share the word of the Lord, you know, uh, whenever it's, um, it's asked. But uh, it's, just, it's just special to come back here. Because, you know, we spent, well, my wife and I, we spent here nine years of our lives were we're in this place. Not so much in this building, but, but with you. And, uh, and definitely, you know, with certain of you, you know, and that, so it's always good to come back, so thank you so much for that. Rick called me on Monday, and he, uh, he left a message, you know, calling him back, and so I, I called him back. I, I thought he was probably going to talk about ministry or maybe La Roca or anything else, and it really surprised me that he picked up the phone when I called back because Rick, 
and I know he's not here, I'm not talking about him, you know, but, but Rick, when you listen to this, if, 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 if you know this, you know you'll call Rick and he'll call you back a day or two later because he's just a busy man. And so I called him back expecting to leave a message and he picked up and I didn't know what to say. <laughs> really surprising, you know, caught me off guard, so. I said, uh, no, I'm kidding. I said, hey, Rick, I missed your call. What's going on, brother? And he says, hey, well, would you be available to come and share on Sunday? And so, you know, um, right away, you know, I said, absolutely, whatever God, God says, you know. And so I'll wake up until, you know, Thursday night or Friday afternoon. I've been asking the Lord, what are you going to have me share, you know. And uh, you know, this time around, you know, the Lord just kind of waited till, um Literally 12.30 this morning. And so, you know, and I know that he has a purpose and he has a plan, you know. It's, but uh, let's just uh, pray that he uh, will anoint our time together. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you again this morning, Lord, for, for how awesome you are. For how majestic and how great, Father God, that you, sometimes we step aside and we don't, we don't, we don't acknowledge you, Father God, for truly for how majestic you are, Lord. That in every detail, every minutia of our lives, Father God, that, that you're there. And so, Father God, this morning, I want to just, just kind of uh, piggyback on, on, on the tales of what Frank has said. You know, let's, let's, let's really concentrate on you, especially this time of season, Father God. And so we ask, Father God, that you would just bless our time together. Bless the people here. Bless those that couldn't make it this morning. Bless those that are ailing or aching and not able to get out of their beds this morning to be here. Father God, we lift up Lori to you right now, Lord, in her situation. Father, we pray, Father God, that you, you know, you, you're in control of all things and you know the situation, Father God. But we just ask, Father, for peace, understanding, Father God. A calmness, Father, that will that will come in, Father God, in that situation and just make everything, Father God, just just uh, beautiful. Lord, yes, yeah, thank you, Father. We pray for Joy Christian Center, Lord God, as we approach the end of the year, Lord God. We know that you're going to catapult into 2019 with new ideas, new ventures, new opportunities, Father God. And we ask, Lord God, that we will just take holds of the reins, Father God, that we'll just just get on board, Father God, with what you have in mind for us and for this church and this congregation, Lord. And Father, I say yes because we are family. We are us, Lord. And so, Father God, we ask as a church that we prepare our hearts. As Lucas saying earlier, um, let uh, in the heart, let us, let us make room in our hearts for you, Lord. Prepare him room in our hearts. And so, Father God, we ask this in your son's most precious name. We thank you. We love you. Amen. Amen. You know, when you were sharing about your grandson earlier and you mentioned his name, I was talking to this man the other day, and he says, uh, hey, you know what, by the way, do you know where I can buy a big boat? And I said, I know a guy. <laughs> That's all I've got. Father God, I want to pray for my wife. You know, I just.
I know that was cheesy. Amen. <laughs> I have no opening joke today. I have I have nothing. <laughs> I have a question for you folks. And so we're gonna have, you know, again some some interaction church here. But I want to ask, you know what, and, and I'll start with myself. And the question is, what are some uncertainties that worry you? What are some uncertainties that worry you? Say that again. Employment? Okay. That's good. Okay. Health issues? All right. That's good. Anybody else? Retirement? Yeah. That's something to be, uh, you know, concerned about, and that brings uncertainty. Government? Yeah. Relationships and struggles? Wow. Your children? Yeah. You guys been reading my notes? Because that's everything you just mentioned I have on here. Anybody else? Forgetting stuff. Wow. That, you know what? That's right. That happens to me. Sometimes I'll go to the refrigerator and like, what was I coming to get? Was I, was I putting anything in? Or was I bringing something out? Most of the three ladies that were sitting around, they're like, you know what? I'm getting old. I'm having this, I'm having this issue with this thing because, uh, you know, I, I, I'm at the top of the stairs and I don't know if I'm coming down or if I just came up. And the other lady says, wow, you know what, me too. I go to the refrigerator. I don't know if I just put something in or I've taken something out. And the younger one says, well, thank goodness I don't have those problems, knock on wood. She goes, hold on, let me go get the door. <laughs> but I'm at that age, you know. I mean, some of us are at that age. But yeah, forgetting things, that's certainly one of my concerns. Anybody else? Life in general. Stress. Wow. We just mentioned this stuff, but let me just tell you some of the things that I wrote down because it's uncanny. It's, 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 it's incredible that we all have the same mentality here and think alike because these are, these are legitimate um, Legitimate concerns, you know, uncertainty. And so we live around uncertainty, you know, um, turn the news on any, any day of the week, you know, and you hear things, you know, of, of regarding the military and uncertainty in the Middle East and uncertainty in Korea, China, you know, in Russia. There's always these, these, these uncertainties that are going on. Uncertainty, somebody mentioned uncertainty in the workplace. Who said that? You know? We're dealing with sometimes, you know, tyrant bosses that are, you know, or, or an unstable workplace. And so, you know, we live with that uncertainty. Is, 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 is today going to be the day that, you know, I'm no longer going to be employed? You know? I look back not, not too many months ago, and I was, you know, I thought I was, I thought I was doing well. You know, and as I analyze my life and as I analyze, you know, the things that have happened to me and how I was 
maybe, you know, looking at stuff. You know, the Bible says that, you know, pride comes before the fall. And so I wonder if I was a little bit prideful in the fact that I had landed a great job. Maybe boasting a little bit too much. I don't know. But I believe that the Lord is doing something even through that because I know he's not going to punish me by taking that away and saying, aha, there you go. I know he has something better for me. I know that his, his promise is, you know, that I have something, you know, a future and a hope. You know, a promise not to harm you, but to prosper you. So how does that, what does that prosperity look like? That prosperity look like? I don't know. But in the meantime, you know, we're walking it out in uncertainty and yet, you know, having faith. Having faith that, you know, the Lord's taking care of it. The problem is sometimes I want to get involved and I want to say, Lord, okay, you've got, you brought it this far. Thank you. I have it from here. And I try to put in, you know, Jesse's efforts. And Jesse's efforts are very, you know, they're no good. As my, as my brother used to say, no bueno. You know? And so we have to allow the Lord to do those things. We live in an environment, you know, that um, is so uncertain that the only, the, the only thing we could really say, if I were to just look at my, at, at my past, you know, year even, and say, you know, that um, the only thing that, uh, that's for certain is uncertainty. Because that can befall on any one of us. You know? And I always used to like to say, and I, I think I, I still can, I say, you know, I'm only a paycheck away from, you know, being out on the street. So, you know, we take the Dave Ramsey classes and we do what Dave Ramsey says and we learn how to store, you know, for six months and this, that, and the other. But even with those savings, there's still, you know, some trepidation. There's still sometimes, you know, we look back and we're thinking, man, Lord, how long are you going to test me? And I want to share this morning a, um, a, a scripture with you, some, some, a story with you. And uh, Paul, um, are we going to do New King James? Please. Because in the, in, in, in the middle of uncertainties, in the middle of, of going through this trepidation of not being sure what's, what's happening, you know, God gives us a promise. Jesus Christ has given us a promise. He says, you know what? To those who, you know, who I've given the right to be called children of God. To them, he says, you know, I'm going to give them a certain certainty in uncertain times. Why? Because we have hope. And we've talked about that word before, hope. Hope in the Greek is not like, oh man, I hope I get a job. It's not that type of hope. I, oh, I hope I get a job or I hope, uh, you know... Um, if I, if I scratch out this lotto, you know, I get some money out of it. Or That's not the type of hope that we have. The hope that the Bible talks about, in the Greek word, it's elpis. E-L-P-I-S. Elpis. Somebody I was preaching one time, and he was like, Elvis? What do you mean Elvis? I said, no, it's not, it's not Elvis. It's, it's elpis. Because that's, that's how you pronounce the word, elpis. 
And what that means is the certain expectation of something good. That's the hope that we have that the Bible gives us. It's a certain expectation that something good is going to happen. It's not a wishy-washy hope. The hope that is within you, Paul said. The hope that is within you. And so the hope that is within every one of us is knowing that even though we go through uncertainty, even though we go through circumstances, God has already laid out the plan. He has already mapped it out for us. He knows the end from the beginning. And I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, I know that, but sometimes we just have to hear that again. He knows the end from the beginning, and if he's going to take us through a certain, certain uh, uh, venue, you know what? He has our back. He's holding us by the hand. He's got us. But I want to share with you this morning a story about Mary. Because Mary was a young girl, you know. Uh, she was betrothed to uh, Joseph. She was about to get married and this, that, and the other. And, and, and the angel Gabriel comes up and he appears to her. And this is what he says. Uh, Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. And we'll go through uh, to 38. And if you want to join me and read, let's all read this together. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when, he, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call him, his name, Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit, God himself, Amen, will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, um, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary, listen to what she says. Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Think about that. Play that story over in your mind for a little bit and think about, you know, Mary is visited by this. First of all, listen, I think all of us, any one of us here, we got visited by an angel of God, we'd probably freak out, right? Because every time that the angels of God would appear was one of the word phrases that they would always say. Be not be, do not be afraid. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Exactly, right? Too late. Yeah. 
He'd be probably saying, hey, don't be afraid. <laughs> Jesse, get up, don't be afraid. <laughs> Majestic, you know? And so, and so think about that for a moment. She is a young girl, doesn't know a man, you know? And she's told that she's going to be, you know, conceiving and, um, and, 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 and bearing a, you know, having a son. That's a tough situation to be in. That right, now, right there immediately brings, you know, a situation of uncertainty for Mary. Listen, today we can see single women, you know, that are carrying a, a pregnancy and going through the terms and stuff, and we don't think anything of it, you know. We probably have, you know, single gals in our family that are like that, you know, or, or women that we know, gals, you know, that we know that are, you know, pregnant out of wedlock. It, 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 it's nothing. But in Mary's day, and in some countries today, even in the Middle East, there's some, there's some, some huge serious repercussions over that. That what they would do is they would take this young girl or this young young woman and they would take her to the city to the city center and they will strip her clothing and give, put put rags on her as clothes and then they would begin to beat her, they would begin to mock her, they would begin to uh, you know spit on her and leave her there you know for the rest of the women in the town to to see as as an example of what would happen to a woman like that. Any one of us, you know, would probably think like, oh, no, Lord, you know what? No, Lord, sorry, not, not me. I don't want to go through that humiliation. I don't want to go through that road of uncertainty of what's going to happen when I have to go back because later on we're going to see another story and she's going to be visiting with her cousin, hanging out with Liz for a few months. I would say, you know what, I'm not even, I'm not even going down there. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang out in the house and just lock myself up and, and, you know, not expose myself to any kind of, you know, issues. And not to mention Joseph's response, which is, you know, another, another story in and of itself. And the Lord and the, and the angel had to come in and talk to him about that. So there's a lot of stuff, you know, involved in this story that, you know, you have to consider. And you're like, man, Mary, really? You're going you're gonna to go through with it? I think, um, I think she did. I think, I think she did. I think, I think, um, I think any one of us have, has, has choices. I think, and, and I think that's part of the lesson of what, you know, is to be learned in a story like this because, you know, though she had a choice, you know, and I'm just trying to make a point. You, you may be right, I don't know. But though she might have had a choice, she decided, you know, to go with obedience, you know, and to put everything aside and to risk whatever might have happened, you know, or whatever ridicule she might have to, you know, confront as a result of, because, can you imagine Joseph? Like, what? You, you know, you're going to be my wife, but you, what, you're pregnant? And, and you don't know a man? Yeah, right. Right? I think any one of us would do that. 
but she's strong, she's young, she's courageous. In my mind, you know, she's like, she's like, you know, man, she's awesome. Because she takes on a responsibility knowing the consequences and knowing the issues of how severe they are. And yet she says, Lord, let it be to your maidservant, your will. And a maidservant is a servant of the Lord. Lord, let it be however you, you know, however you want it to be. That's, I, think, I, th I think that's awesome. I think that, you know, she could have run out. She could have said, hey, Lord, you know, uh, no. And it's awesome how God is also, you know, showing himself and showing, showing the power that he, that he has, you know, the, the, his majesty and his grace and his mercy, but more than his grace. And he tells, he goes, hey, even your cousin who is of age, you know, personally, I don't, I don't, I know women don't like to disclose their age. And maybe, you know, but the Lord says, hey, your cousin who is of age, you know, who's called barren, she's going to have a child also. You know? And so what does Mary do? She decides to go and visit um, her cousin Liz. So he's heading, she's heading over to Judah, visiting with her. And the Bible doesn't tell us this. You know, I know that, uh, you know, they're talking and maybe catching up on things. And they probably haven't seen each other for a while. And, you know, so, you know, Liz, how you doing? You know, how's, how's Zach treating you? You know, is he doing okay? You guys doing all right? And this and the other. And, you know, they're conversing and stuff, you know. And I'm sure Mary starts to share the circumstance and the situation with Liz and saying, you know what? This is what went on with me. And who knows, you know, Liz could have given her some advice and said, hey, you know what, man, that's, that's a lot on your plate, Mary. You know, what do you, you know, what about this and what about that? What about, you know, the circumstances you're facing when you go back to town, when you have to go talk to Joseph and, and everybody else in town? And what does Mary do? She breaks out in a song. The Bible says that she begins to, to, to share and she, and she sings. And we see that in Luke chapter 1, 46 through 56. You know? And what does she say? Does she say, oh, my God, you're right, Liz. What am I going to do? You know, I wasn't thinking of this. I don't know that, uh, you know, I'm going to be able to bear this stuff because people are going to be talking, you know, about me and this, that, and the other. And, but she doesn't. She goes back to 46 and she says, and Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in my God. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth, all generations will be called, will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him, from generation to generation. Stop there. Stop right there. For his mercy is, those, is on those who fear him. 
You know, the Bible talks about, you know, a certain fear of the Lord. And it's not a fear of, um, of uh, somebody help me out here. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not a fear of, you know, that, uh, that uh, you know, because I've done something bad, there's punishment involved. No, somebody just said it. It's reverence. It's a fear of reverence. That we walk with honor and respect before the Lord. That we seek everything he has for us, and we really, truly, you know, lean not on our own understanding, but lean on his. And know that, you know what, his choice and his decision and his, his end statement is what's best for us. And I'm telling you right now from, from, from personal experience, there's so many times where he's told me, this is what you need to do. And it's not an audible voice or anything. I'm not, you know, I just, I know he speaks to me. And I'll say, nah, Lord, I'm going to do it this way. Respectfully, you know. And I'll tell you, every single time, I've blown it. I've blown it. And if the children of Israel would think back on their journey in the desert, that 11-day trip, listen, in 11 days they could have been there. You know, hey, we're here. You know, this is my, this is my spot right here, you know. No, 40 years. Why? Because God said, you are stiff-necked people. And they're going around the mountain again. And again, they, hey, this looks familiar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it's that way. All right. and then, you know, they're, they're stiff-necked again. Like, hey, this looks familiar. We've been here before. 40 years. And here I am, age 17 in the Lord. Teenager who should be, you know, already, you know, maturing some of the things. I'm still going around. And the Lord's like, you know what, boy? You got to get this right. And yet while my inner man is growing, my outer man is running out of time. <laughs> you know? I'm like, my knee hurts, you know, and I get out of bed, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, Lord, you know, I'm only 17 years old. Like, Yeah, I know, but we need to, I need to get on the ball. I need to know that, you know what? His mercy is on me if I have fear in him, if I have reverence in him, you know? Amen? Let's, let's move forward to the, to the next verse. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Oh, look at that. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. What do you suppose that means? The Bible says that, you know what? He exalts the humble, right? And then he'll, he, 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 uh, well, what's the verse saying? Anybody? He cuts down the hottie. He resists the proud and he bring, gives grace to the humble. Right? That's another verse. Okay, amen. He hath, he hath wrought strength with his arm. He hath scattered men arrogant in the intention of their heart. There you go. So, lessons to be learned. He has shown strength in his arm and he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. 
He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever, and Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. So Mary stayed with Liz. Mary stayed with Liz, you know, to, to the end of her, um, of her uh, pregnancy, and then she went back. So by the time she went back, she was what? Um, three months pregnant? Right? So Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. Sometimes, you know, we just need to remain. We need to remain. We need to, as I was, as I was, um, I was kind of falling asleep and, and reading on some of these uh, this, uh, verses, you know, and asking the Lord, how does that, how, how does that minister to me? What, what, is that, what is that telling me? He just kind of told me, you know, that I need to remain, you know, get myself associated with people that are in the same mindset. Get associated with people that, you know, we have the same thing in common. These two women were pregnant. I understand. It's symbolic. But I'm saying, you know, for me to get a, you know, get a hold of men, you know, that um, they will speak Bible life into my life. They will, ed they will edify me. They will sharpen me because the Bible says, you know, as, as uh, iron sharpens iron, so a friend, you know, sharpens the countenance of a friend. And so we need to get involved with that and we need to remain with those people. We need to remain with those people. And then I thought, well, Lord, you put people in my life for a season. And then as, we, as, we, as I look back in my year, I notice that he's bringing me back to certain places where I used to be before. You know? And hence, you know, George Christian Center, you know, I, 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 I love coming back here. You know? But uh, he's showing me that kind of stuff. That I need to remain, you know, in the presence of the Lord. I need to be in the things of God. I need to be able to exercise, you know, some faith when there's, you know, uncertainty, you know, coming my way. I was telling my wife the other day, I said, you know, honey, I'm really getting concerned. Uh, the end of the year is here and, and my unemployment and, and this and the other. What am I going to do? And so here I am. Again, relying on my own, you know, I'm, I'm methodically, you know, thinking out a, a game plan. And, this and, and it's good to do that. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying, you know, it, it's good to have a game plan. But is a game plan also and foremost, you know, counting on the Lord to guide? And I think that's the key. Because in uncertainty, we tend to be the ones that want to, you know, we want to take the will. Where, you know what, I'm going to drive. If this bad boy is going to crash, it's going to crash because I couldn't handle it. You know, not because this other guys, you know. So we try to take over the wheel and we try to handle that. And the Lord's saying, you know what, let me take the wheel. There's a song, right, that says, hey, let me take the wheel. Jesus, Jesus take the wheel. Say, let me, let me take the wheel. Kick back and, you know, do whatever you got to do, you know. But let me take the wheel. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard for for me to allow the Lord to take the wheel. And then he showed me, you know, that um, I need to exercise more faith. 
Like, Lord, I thought I had faith, you know? Um, he says, no, you have, to, you have to exercise more faith. Because in Hebrews 11.1, 1, he says this, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I like New King James Version. And that's probably because I, I just, that was my first Bible ever given to me. But the Bible in New King James says, no, this is the, faith is the, is the, um, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Same, same thing. But um, that's, that's faith right there. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And there again, because that word hope is there, what type of hope are we saying? Not wishy-washy hope, but the hope of something, you know, the, the certain expectation of something good is what we talked about earlier. And so the Lord's telling me, Jesse, you have to exercise more faith. Faith is a major key to our success, you know? Faith brings answers, you know, to prayer. First Peter 1.7 says that the genuineness, genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That the genuineness of your faith Lord, I thought I thought my faith was was genuine. And he's like, no, you have to you have to work on that also, Jess. The genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold. You guys know how much gold is worth right now? Ridiculous. Ridiculous amount of money. I forget, but it's like 4,000 or whatever it is. Remember back in Mexico, I had them gold chains around my neck and, you know, around my bracelet and, you know, I had gold, man. I think about all that, it just saw me for like 50 bucks. Now, it's ridiculously, but the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire. And I thought about that, and I'm like, Lord, Thank God that my situation right now is not being tested by fire. You know, my circumstances, you know, it's like, oh, what am I going to do? I, you know, the end's coming. You know what? I look at other people, and I'm like, thank you, Lord. I have a roof over my head. Thank you, Lord. I'm not sitting at General Hospital for 11 hours waiting to see the doctor because, you know, my ankle swelled up. Oh, but I don't know. I, you know, unemployment only gives me this. Thank you, Lord, that I have a buck in my pocket to get something to eat. Put gas in my car. Because I'm not being tested by fire. And though his intent and my intent is that we're both, that I'm ready for when he tests me with fire, I can say, you know what? I'm going to stand in the word of God. I'm going to be firm in the word of God because, you know, the Bible says, after you've done everything to stand, stand. And he says, you know what? When you go through the fire, when you go through the water, you're not going to drown. When you go through the fire, you're not going to come out smoking, smelling like, you know, carnitas. You're going to be all right. You're going to be fine. 
You'll be doing all right. Why? Because I have your back. Because I am God who has a, a future and a plan not to harm you, but to prosper you, to give you hope, to give you peace. And so I'm like, thank you, Lord. So that I may be found, so that by the testing, I may be found to praise, honor, and glory him, or glorify him in the revelation of Jesus Christ. And when is that? When is that? Then when, when we're before him in the bema seat. And he comes over and the devil's like, Oh, Jesse was there. And Jesus is like this. Paid. Shows his hands. Paid. You know? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the rest of uh, the joy of my rest. That's our intention. But before we get to that point, we need to understand that you know we have to exercise faith in order to be able to do that. And so quickly, three, three um, benefits that we can take away when exercising faith. You know, faith brings, number one, it brings salvation. And we read that in Ephesians 2, chapter um, 2, verses 8 and 9, where it says, you know, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's not of works, yet faith means salvation. Whosoever believes in him has eternal life and shall not come into judgment, but he has passed from but he will pass from judgment to uh, or from, from death to life. Amen? So whoever believes, it says, so we've been saved by, by faith, you know, but, excuse me, we have saved, uh, we were saved by grace through faith and not of our own. It's, it's, it's God who does that because it is a gift of God. And so by doing that, it says that whoever believes in him has eternal life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Kind of like what um, the incident that, uh, you know, um, or the scenario that we see with uh, Nicodemus going at night and visiting with Jesus and saying, hey, you know, we know you're a man sent by God because no one can do these things you do unless God is with him. And, you know, Jesus could have like, yeah, that's right. I am God. You know, I am God. You know? But he said, like, hey, first thing he tells them, right off the bat, he doesn't even address his, his concern, his, his question, his intention, anything. He just says, what? If you're not born again, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. Why? Because Nicodemus, as many of us in Ephesians 2, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And so he brings us from death, death into life. Amen? Hallelujah. Second point, faith brings answers to prayer. You know, Matthew 21, 22 says, and whenever... Or whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. And that word there, believing, it's another word indicating that you know we are to have faith. 
Because St. James says, you know what, you, you ask things, but you doubt. That's why you don't receive. And sometimes, you know, truth be told, I can tell you, sometimes I do that. Mm, truth be told. A lot of times, I do that. You know? I'm praying for something, and in the back of my mind, it's like, Do I do it intentionally? Maybe not. Do I do it because, you know, it's, a, it's an area in my life that I haven't exercised enough where I have full control over? Perhaps. Because this Christiani Christian Christ Christianity, thank you. I'm only with my words. Getting old. Forget, forgetting the words. You know, as I said before, it's it's... We have to exercise our belief. We have to exercise our faith. We have to exercise those things. It's a muscle that if we don't exercise it, it's just going to be, you know. I give the illustration. I think it was here one time where I said, you know what? I went and I joined the gym. And if I sit down, you know, and I'm just looking at everybody, you know, working out, I get no benefit out of it. By the way, I did join the gym. I still haven't gone. <laughs> but when I do go, I'm going to let you know how it is. <laughs> but you know, but you have to exercise that. You have to exercise it so that you know, you can, you, we, can, we, can have, we, we can have the benefit of that. Amen? I don't want to flap your face. Since God tells us to pray for our daily bread, Matthew 6, 11, you know, he says, hey, give us our daily bread. That means that through faith, it is therefore a key to our what? Material provisions. And I know that God is not a genie. You know, we're not there rubbing his head saying, oh, God, you know, give me this, that, and the other. It's not that. But we know in circumstances, you know, he provides for us when there's a time of need. And sometimes, even when, before we even ask for anything, people are already coming in and say, hey, you know what? The Lord just put it on my heart. I want to bless you with a hundred bucks. You know? I said, bro, there was an extra zero on there. No, I didn't. But you know, so, so he says, hey, I want, I, want to, I want to do this for you. Or, or whatever, you know? I've seen God work that way, especially when I came out of the men's home. When I came out of the men's home and I was, you know, just staying here, there, and the other, I had no place to stay. You know? My, my parents were adamant. They're like, no, you're not coming back to this house. I said, but mom, you know, I gave my life to the Lord and this and the other. I say, well, you might have given your life to the Lord, but you haven't given me everything you took from me. So no, you're not coming back to my house. And so, you know, I would stay, you know, we'd go hang out and, you know, we'd be fellowshipping, you know. And so everybody started dwindling away. It was like 9, 9.30, and I'm just kind of like looking around. And the guy's like, oh, bro, well, you know, it's getting late. Where, 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 where are you going to go? I said, I have nowhere to go. And then they would just say, oh, well, dude, you know what? Stay on the couch. You can kick back here for the night. And he carried me like that for six months until I was able to find a job in a truck that somebody or a van that someone let me borrow. And then I was able to stay in the van, you know? And so then I would find a job. I would go to work, you know, and park in the parking lot. Some of you guys know the story. I'd park in the parking lot. And in the morning, I'd go to the corner gas station and wash up, brush my teeth, you know, put on a shirt and tie. 
maybe back in the parking lot at work. Uh, he's waiting for the managers to get to open the door. And after a while, they're like, dude, you're always the first one here. I'm like, well, you know, I'm responsible. I like to be, you know, on time. He says, you know, we're going to give you the key to the building. Since you're always here, just open up for us. You know? But they didn't know the, the real situation. But God would always provide. He would always put, you know. Anyway, hey, man, he's just a good God. Amen? He's, he's just, you know, I mean, on and on stories, you know. And, and, and I don't want to turn this into a bragamony, but I'll tell you, what God has done in, 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 in even in my wife's life, too. You know, my wife shares with me. It's, um, it's amazing what a, what a faithful God we serve. And all he wants is, you know what, to be faithful back to him. To walk, you know, in fear and reverence, you know, before him. And to say, hey, you know what, don't lie to me. Just let your yes be yes and your no be, be no. Have faith. Because if you want to please me, you have to have faith. Because without faith, you're not going to do it. And so I'll say, you know what, yes, Lord. Help me, you know, work on that faith. Faith is a spiritual force through which our ministry for, the, for Christ becomes effective. It's a spiritual force through which our ministry through Christ becomes effective. Mark 11.23 says, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. That's a strong, that, that's a strong statement right there. That is a strong statement because I can't tell you how many times over and over I hear people saying, you know what, I've been praying, I've been this, and I've been that, and you know what, and people will fall away from the church and they'll leave the faith and this and the other because what they've done and what pastors from the pulpit have told them, you know what, they're preaching a prosperity gospel and if you believe in Christ, you know what, you always have joy, peace, happiness, and you know what, that's not what Jesus promises us. And that's a false gospel from the pit of hell that comes from these pulpits sometimes. That is not the truth. The truth is, Jesus said, in this life, you're going to have tribulation. Listen, if they beat, beat on me and spit on me, what do you think they're going to do to you? Thankfully, luckily, we still live in a country where, you know what, we still have that right. I can preach the word of God wherever I go. You know, as long as it's done in decent public order, I'm free to stand in the corner of any street and say, hey, you know what? Jesus loves you. This is a statement that has, it's true. It's true because it's in the word of God and the word of God is true, amen? We believe the entire Bible or we don't believe any of it at all. That's how it should be. So this statement here is true, but it's in how we apply it, in how we, you know, where is our faith level? For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, now is it a physical mountain? Am I going to tell Baldy, hey Baldy, get up and go over to, you know, Seal Beach? Let me see. Now, obstacles in our lives. Uncertainties that come and they're, 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 they're behemoths before us. 
things that we know, you know, how are we going to navigate through this? How am I going to move this situation over? And I can only share that by saying, you know, I know people that in the past and even right now, they're going through difficulties with their mortgages. And I know you know what I'm talking about. And you say, Lord, what am I going to do? How am I going to move this mountain? How am I going to tell this mountain, hey, lift up, be cast, and, and go over here? Why? Because faith, perseverance, and the promises of our Lord, they see us through it. Exercising faith. If we don't exercise our faith, we're going to keep going around circles. If we don't exercise our faith, we're going to look at 2019 the way we're looking at 2018 right now. Stand for a second. Look at 2018. Just in your mind, in, in your mind's eye real quick. Just take a quick glimpse. Look back and look at all the footprints that uncertainty left in 2018. And if you want to go back to 2017 and 2016, and there's footprints there as well. But you don't have to go that far. Just look at 2018 and say, wow, uncertainty. In that area right there, I doubt it. This area right here, I, I, the world was going to finish up, and at the end, I, I, I took control. This right here, you know what? I didn't even give him the chance to come, come on board. I just, you know, I just blew that all by myself. So if we don't exercise the faith that Christ is telling us to exercise, we're going to go around the same old podium year after year. And there'll be sickness, and there'll be disease, and there'll be aches, there'll be ailment, there'll be misfortune. And we can't say, but God, Lord, these people that I told you just a minute ago that I know, they've left the church. Why are you leaving? Jesse, he said, I can move mountains in this and this but then I see a glimpse of their life, home life, after church life. Not judging, I'm just saying, you know, we're all vulnerable to that. I'm number one. I'm, I'm, I'm the worst up here. So what is my duty? I need to exercise faith. Because I'm tired of going around I don't want to come into 2019. I don't want it to be March, you know, um, April, and I'm still, you know, looking for, for a job. I don't want that. So what I need to do, I need to align myself with the things of God. I say, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, you take the will. You take the will. I don't want to even put it on cruise control. I want you to take the will. And he'll do that for us. Amen? I mentioned this before. I know that as a church, you know, Joy, you've, you've, you've had your ups and downs. Joy Christian Center. Those of you that have been here 30 plus years, you know. You had the joy of being with Pastor Whitney. You had the joy of what that was like. And then you went through, you know, desert storm. 
And then you had other people that would come, and maybe, you know, there were good speakers, good pastors, they had a good word to share, and this and the other. And for whatever reason, you were just, you know, riding the wave. And then another pastor comes in, you know, and hey, you know what? You're back again. Joey, you know. And they got to see a glimpse of that, of what God was doing with the, with the congregation. And then you know what? For whatever reasons, you know, the waves die down. There's no more surf. And everybody's like, you know, treading the water. Okay. Now what? So now you're in another opportunity right now. 2019, I'll tell you, you know, whoever it is you picked, I believe, I've been talking to Rick, and I believe whoever you folks pick to take this pulpit, it's a God-sent thing. It's a God-sent thing. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know who it is or who fits that mold. But it's a God-sent thing. And God is going to use this to have you look back at your footsteps, at your footprints, and say, we're not making that mistake again. We're not walking on this side of the road here in this area again. Oh, right here, there's a sinkhole. You're going to have to jump over that, skip that part. Why? Because he has you now on an incline. You're not descending anymore. Now you're going to start to ascend. And I'll tell you one thing. I fly. I fly. Well, if I flew a lot when I was working in my job, it's nicer and a better feeling to ascend than to descend. It's much better to ascend. And so you're on an ascending trend right now. But you have to use that faith. I don't know where you are in your faith. And I'm not saying that you know you don't have any. I'm just saying that we all, all need to sharpen each other. We know what we want. Sometimes we just don't know how to get there. We know what we want. We all want the same thing. God, be glorified in me. God, use me as your vessel. God, help me minister to someone. Give me ministry. What does that look like? Standing behind at the doors and greeting people? Perhaps. But ministry, what God wants us to do is to go out and make disciples. Go out and teach everything that I've taught you. And I'll go with you. I'm right there. To the ends of the earth. And all that happens with faith. Step on in faith. You know, that was one thing that I was embarrassed about doing. I wouldn't tell people, hey, maybe I'll pray for you. Let me pray for you, you know. People now, they tell me, hey, you know what? Will you pray for me? Like, absolutely. And I'll grab their hand, and they're like, hey, 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 what are you doing? I said, well, you asked me to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you right here. You know, and we'll be in the middle of wherever. My wife and I, we had a lady come over last night to look at one of the rooms for her son. And, you know, I, I don't know why people, you know, open up and they, they feel comfortable to confide, you know, their, their personal things. I don't know if it's Danielle with a pad and paper and saying, so, why, why, let's see, why are you acting like this? And why are you, 
No, I'm kidding. She doesn't do that. But, you know, and she just started sharing with us. At some point, you say, you know, can, can we pray for you? We know she's not a believer. She says she goes to church. I don't know. She might have said that to give her, you know, a discount on the room. I, who knows? But I said, hey, can we pray for you? And I had my wife pray for her. And she's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I don't share that to tell you, you know what, look at me, look at me. I'm just saying we need to begin to exercise what God has given us. Because listen, Romans chapter 14 says, you know what? Wake up, for the time is near. Okay? It's, we're, we're close. We're closer than we think. And so we're all going to give an account. Amen? Let's exercise our faith and see what God's going to do through that. Amen? 2 Corinthians 4.16, and I'll leave you with this thought. This is an awesome prayer. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us as far more, or a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen because we look at things that are seen that that stumbles us you know that hinders us can't we have to look at the things that are unseen for the things which are seen are temporary but the things which are not seen are eternal amen and we have to exercise that and apply that and write those scriptures in our heart. The Bible says write them in the tablets of your heart. And my encouragement for you, Joy Christian Center, is to see what God is going to do in 2019. Let us not go into 2019 the way we came into 2018. And I don't know what that looks like. You know, I wasn't here. But I was here going into 2018 15 and um, and I know that I, I, went, I came in same way I came, came out of 2014 and so my encouragement to you is let's do things a little different for 2019 let's try something new it's uncomfortable sometimes you know new things they're uncomfortable they take us out of our comfort zone you know we have to exercise certain muscles that we don't use in a while and so after a while, you know, it hurts a little bit. But it'll grow. You almost will get used to it. You'll be able to eventually, you know, utilize that as second nature. And I know God, God wants to do something with this, with this place. He already is. And the fact that he has sustained it all these years, we know that his hand is in it. Amen? Hallelujah. I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And may the love and the joy of the Lord remain with you always. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you so much for this opportunity again to just be with family and friends, to be, Father God, with a, with a, with a, a host of people that, that have brought me along, my wife and I, in the years that we were here. They've imparted 
nuggets into our lives. They've, they've shared a scripture or they've shared other, other instruments and other, um, other items that have been instrumental in, in our walk. Father, and so I just thank you for, for these folks. You know who they are by name, but overall you know that they are Joy Christian Center as a church. And so I thank you for each and every one of him to, of them here today. That you may just um, fill them with your hope. Fill them with your faith. Fill them, Father God, with the fear that we need to walk, Father God, before you. We pray for their children and their children's children. And we ask, Father God, that whatever incident, issue, or or need, Father God, be met with each and every family here this year. Take us into 2019, Father God, with the joy and excitement of the Lord. That we may be able to shine the light that is within us and have others ask, what is that that's glowing within you? I want to check that out. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, folks.